0: Hey, whores. Uh, you know, when you hear me before the ads, that's usually not a good sign. Um, got some not great news. Megan and I broke up on Sunday night. <sighs> Something that was a long time coming. The It was mutual, amicable. Um, it seems like we were both feeling some very similar things separately. And for the first time, we really we we really let that air out. Um, things had gotten uh, kind of platonic over the last several months. The intimacy, the romance, the, um, as she put it, the butterflies. Um, haven't really been there for a minute. And we had like a really honest conversation about where we were at. And where we'd been recently, we broke up. And I'm really grateful that our relationship didn't end, uh, you know, as an altercation. Like, there wasn't an event. There's no, like, well, what happened? It wasn't a singular thing that happened, and then we break up. Um, It's not like we were both holding on to things, and then something sparked it. And then, okay, well, now here's the excuse to break up. It can feel weird ending a relationship that doesn't feel like a bad relationship. Megan's not a bad girlfriend. I was not a bad boyfriend, she assures me. The relationship itself wasn't necessarily bad, but it just stopped being great romantically. There was a lot of I love yous. (sighs) A lot of saying we want each other in each other's lives. There was a lot of silence, staring at each other with tears running down our faces, acknowledging that something has to end, even though no one did anything wrong. It's just sad. But the breakup was led by love, and how many people get to say that? You know? So, just giving giving y'all whoreheads an update, uh, I'm just going to be sad for a little bit. I really just want a fucking hug. <laughs> uh, the one thing I, I really want is just like get together with one of my friends and then to do the typical friend breakup shit where they're like hey it's gonna be okay you're gonna be alright it'll get better and here's a big fucking hug and I can't ask that of my friends these days and that really sucks I know uh, I know things will be alright sooner than I expect and I know this is this is what I thought needed to happen anyway, but still sad, and I'm just sharing some sadness with you, and now uh, we're, we're, I think we have to transition into a, like, a swinger lifestyle website ad read, <laughs> and then um, I'll record an intro separate to this, so I'll be in a different, more lively headspace at least, so I can bring you a goddamn show. Where's the intro music? The Man Whore podcast is sponsored by Alt Playground. APG is more than just a place to find couples to swap with. Alt Playground is a lifestyle community for all non monogamous and sexually adventurous people to connect and share. And you know, I started a profile. Join me over at altplayground.net. That's A-L-T playground.net. It's the vibrator that has no equal. And now, Motor Bunny offers their thrusting sex machine, the Motor Bunny Buck. Enjoy a fan whore discount at manhorepod.comslash motor bunny or use promo code MANHOR at checkout. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome
1: to the Man Whore Podcast.
0: whoa look guys i'm okay it's the next day and i'm already feeling kind of numb which i think is an improvement in breakups right this is billy Presida. i'm now single this is the man whore podcast hi hello wow you know even without the breakup message there was you know some shit happened since i last talked to everybody um you know it's it's chinatown jake uh i finally learned what that meant i've tried to finish the movie chinatown six times six seven times i always fall asleep somehow i don't think i never was like oh this is bad i'm gonna go to sleep i just always fall asleep and then i finally finished the film over the weekend and uh and i was like oh no That describes how I'm supposed to feel about all this. Like, eh, can't really do much about it. Keep your head above water, Jake. This week on the podcast, everybody, Jesse Sage, fellow podcaster, uh, the co-founder and managing editor of Peep Show Media. She's also a professional hottie on the internet. We'll talk about her in a little bit. Uh, But first, folks, do you like hearing me on this podcast? Oh, then you'll love hearing me on other podcasts. And most recently, I was on a show called Love About Town. Uh, You can listen to uh, that podcast wherever you listen to me. Uh, We talked a lot about uh, glory holes, and I think I helped one of the co-hosts begin the planning for her first ever spit roast. She seemed uh, she had some questions. I think I helped out. I'm hoping she's double stuffed by the end of the season. Uh, You know, go you, Kanice, and uh, yeah, so go check that out. It was pretty fun. And you know what else is fun? Winning free money, which you can do. Oh yeah, I'm giving away a free $100 Amazon gift card, or a $100 gift card to the local business of your choosing. Uh, I'm giving I'm giving out $100 uh, to one random fan at the end of the month. All you have to do is share the podcast on Instagram and tag me, your boy at Billy Share it, tag me in it. You're in. If you have like a private profile where I won't be able to see your tag. Send me a screenshot of you posting it, and uh, and that'll count too. And then at the end of January, I'm going to pick one random person. So you want a hundred bucks? Share the manhor Podcast in your Instagram story. How about that? As a, as a reward for getting through my droning earlier, everybody, I'm going to get to this week's guest even sooner. So we're going to do a real quick fan whore appreciation moment. You know, uh, I want to say thank you right now to Michelle in the UK who is, by the way, an actual model. Yeah, how's it? I just wanted to to say gracias. I wanted to say spiceyba. I wanted to say thank you, because apparently those are the languages you speak. Thank you in each for being a member and supporting this podcast, uh, Michelle. And you too can become a member, support the pod you love, and gain access to a whole slew of bonus content when you become a member of our Patreon community. Membership begins at just $2. Just two dollars. There, if there was ever a time to support an independent content creator that you love, I mean, now is like a real good time. Become a member today at patreon.com slash man podcast. That's patreon p a t r e o n dot com slash need to make a car payment. No, I'm just kidding. Man Whore podcast. Okay. I'm feeling silly because uh, the alternative is feeling sad. Everybody Jesse Sage. It's it's I am fine. Cause like (laughs) we, we both, I think we both sensed this was going in that direction. And so I can't speak to like what she was doing with herself, but like, I kind of I was, I've been mentally prepared for a breakup for, you know, since I was all ominous and weird back around Christmas. So I'm going to be okay. I just might make sad jokes on Twitter and, and folks, people, you know, if, I know I know I'm not very funny. So I know when I say that I'm a comedian. I think some I think sometimes y'all forget that. And so I will tweet like jokes that very clearly have a structure. There's like a setup and there's a punchline and and I will get like two likes and seven replies asking me if I'm okay. But when you know <laughs> I made like one breakup tweet that I thought was funny and then I got so many replies that out I basically got ratioed, but I didn't get ratioed because, like I said, something bad. I got ratioed because people were on to give me a hug, which I thought was sweet. But I'm like, just hit retweet. And I will validate, validate my career choice, please. Because <laughs> then what you do is then I'll stop crying because of a breakup. And then I will start crying because I'll be like, am I not funny? I don't know. No one seems to have the heart to tell me what am I doing? Can you see this is why I don't record when I am baby stoned. I uh you know you take one hit think now oh, I'll be good, I'll be fine, I will feel relaxed and then you do what I just did. When most of you are like come on clown, give us the lady please and I'll fine. I'll give it to you. Jesse Sage everybody. You heard her last year on episode three hundred and two. Uh, she did a little a little segment about phone sex because she is a phone sex operator among many other things. Uh, she she wears many sex worker hats uh, because she uh, she just loves to over sex work herself. She's really working on that sex work life balance, right? Okay, how many more of those can I write? She's really sex working nine to five cam you feel it nope that's that one that's not okay uh we puns are unacceptable like that um okay (laughs) jesse sage is the co-founder and managing editor of peep show media and they uh within peep show media they do have uh the peep show podcast and they like to feature news and stories from all around the sex industry uh she's also a sex worker herself Uh, and writer you've uh, you might have seen her work in the washington post vice men's health hustler etc jesse sage and i uh, had a really great conversation catching up about you know sex work during quarantine uh this is a great one really fun love jesse she's great uh if you dug her we're doing a bonus episode on patreon that comes out tomorrow for all of my five dollar and up members uh but for now let's uh let's do a little ad read and get to jesse sage at some point, I'm gonna feel less sad, and I'm gonna want to go uh, connect with some some like minded folks, some some fellow sex positive perverts, some swingers who like to have a good time, and maybe you know start mapping out uh, people to see once I get that sweet sweet shot in my arm. And that's why I love that I am sponsored by AltPlayground.net. Yeah, the lifestyle site to go for your next non monogamous adventure. And what I love, you know, I I never really was into the lifestyle sites before because uh, they were primarily populated by swingers and nothing against swingers. It's just like a different culture than I'm personally used to. And something that was really important, um, the thing that sold me on taking this long term sponsorship with APG was, you know, I, I, I talked to one of the guys in charge and he's like, this isn't we don't want this just be a swinger site. We want this to be a lifestyle resource, and we want to bring together all these different types of non-monogamy, the swingers, the hot wifers, the poly people, the non-monogamous slutty folks, you know, all of that stuff. So you know I've got a profile over at altplayground.net, and I think you should too, because hey, those vaccines, they're coming, they're coming soon, and as soon as they come, you're going to want to come with somebody, and I think you can find that. With a membership at altplayground.net. That's A L T Playground.net. Now let's get to the show.
1: We go to AVN and we go to X Biz, and so we'll do interviews there with people. But for the most part, like the whole history of our podcast, we've mostly done virtual interviews. And so it's not that much different. Um, the only thing I think that's different is the change in the way that we've been talking, or, oh. My bad. Hold on. Um, is the change in the way that we've been talking and what we've been talking about because the pandemic has so uh, has changed our industry so much that, um, you know, that I think that what people are feeling and what they're thinking and how they're working has changed a lot. But in terms of just our production, um, it's the same because we did the majority of our um episodes virtually anyways. We have, though, I mean, the biggest change for us has been that we've um, transitioned into having a um, to more or less uh, or to starting a magazine online and uh, including a lot of like articles and writing and other multimedia things. And so the podcast itself has expanded out like way beyond the podcast into a magazine. And so that's kind of been the COVID Project that we've been working on, so that's been a little, um, it's been a little overwhelming. <laughs> it's turned into an entire business. You know, our little podcast that we did is now a magazine, and that's a whole different thing.
0: And you were writing; you had like a column in, uh, in, a, in a paper, and and you were writing for other places. Are you just like writing mostly now for uh, your own site?
1: Um, No. I mean, yes, I am doing that. But what I'm doing now is like doing more editorial stuff and having other people write for us. And then I've also still been writing. I've still been writing my column. Um, It's now syndicated out of our magazine instead of, you know, it being at a paper. And so I switched papers in Pittsburgh. It's now like my own column. And there's a... um, a Pittsburgh paper that picks it up. And then there's also a like little online magazine in uh, the Northeast that publishes it as well. So like that's turned into my column that I that Peep Show owns. So that's been kind of cool. And then um, I've written like a handful of articles for Hustler. I just which was really actually fun because it was they're like a little sexier, like a little more erotic than what I was writing for the newspaper. So that was kind it, of. Fun. I mean, it
0: is hustler. It is hustlers. So, so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, I wrote about the anal that we had on our wedding night in graphic detail. And I <laughs> wrote about um, foreplay and talked a little bit about like sexy time that we got into uh foreplay. And then I also wrote one about camming um, and how to be a good cam customer, actually, how to get like what you want out of camming as a customer. So, I did those projects in the last couple of months. I just came out with an article for. For Stoya's magazine, Zero Spaces. Um, it came out this week. I wrote about empowerment and interviewed five different sex workers on whether they find sex work empowering or whether that's a dumb question. So so I've been doing a lot of different writing projects. So
0: so you're you know, your your content creation hasn't really changed too much in terms of like uh, productivity.
1: You're no, saying, yeah. actually it's been like um I feel like COVID has created this space in a way I mean it's not a good thing and I wouldn't say that there's anything great about COVID but I do think that there's a way in which um some limit sometimes limits like foster more creativity because you have to learn to play like within bounds and so within different sorts of bounds and so I feel like for a lot of people a lot of creative people and I don't know if you've had you know a similar experience have had to do things slightly differently than what they did before and it's kind of Shaking things up a little bit. And there's – that's not a bad thing. You know, yeah. shaking things up isn't a bad thing.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, what, what an age and time to finally have a glory hole in your home, right? Like that's <laughs> if there was a time and I'm, I'm sure yeah. my audience at this point is tired of hearing about my glory hole, but like, yeah. Do like, you have a
1: glory hole in your house?
0: I, it, the time has fostered cre- sexual creativity. <laughs> 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 I've just, and it's uh, it's been surprisingly a hit. Uh, it's
1: <laughs> wow. So tell me about this. So do you have people that like show up on the other side of the wall? I mean, that they don't live at your house. That's the point of the glory hole.
0: Oh right, no, no. This isn't like a sexual communication between me and the upstairs neighbor. It's not like, hey, just come on downstairs when you're <laughs> when you're ready. Uh, I started like I I put well because you know the New York City Department of Health as well as other departments of health, you know, recommended glory holes uh, for. COVID. I saw
1: that. Yeah. yeah. And
0: I've been putting up ads on like Reddit since August because my new apartment is just set up very nicely to have a glory hole because I have a separate entrance to the street, then like upstairs at the front door. Um, I have a long hallway until you reach the bedroom space. So, like, there's like a good spot to like hang it. And uh,
1: yeah, so mine's a
0: curtain with a hole cut out. It's not very high tech, but uh, you know, I'll (laughs) I'll put ads on Reddit. So, it's not
1: actually really? And people will show up?
0: Yeah, and they've been surprisingly all women so far. Uh, it's like, like really? through one way or another, I fi- I figured that out, um, mm. and that's also the surprise because you just I think there's been like a half dozen or so people, so you just would have assumed at one point one guy would have tricked me, and I'd have to just be like, Ah, oh, you
1: know, good job. I would have assumed it would all be men. That's so interesting to me. Like I would never answer this ad, like in a million years. <laughs> you would never go suck never. a stranger's dick, no. Never, never, never. <laughs> Not even
0: for content. Um,
1: <laughs> uh, no, because it wouldn't really fit my brand. But like, yeah, I don't know. I Sorry. that doesn't. I I know because I know because I work on Nightflirt and lots of people call me and talk to me mm. about like glory holes and things. But a lot of them are people who've like been part of like the back of the sex store like community where like there is glory holes and so they'll like call and talk to me about those sorts of experiences so i know it's like a subculture and that a lot of people are into it but like i just don't i don't know well i don't uh, think i like sucking dick enough to do it honestly
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's fair i haven't figured out a way to like creatively set up like a giving oral situation where like i could set it up for a woman to come in and set herself up nicely and then like i can kind of semi-safely go down on her anonymously because for me a big yeah, you part know, of it's the like stranger play aspect
1: yeah there's a um so pj and i have been a lot of times to this sex club that's in pittsburgh and they have one of those so what they have is it looks like you know those like magician boxes where they like cut the ladies in half mm-hmm. you know like what that looks like it kind of looks like that where it's like this big box and you get in it but then there's like a hole in it and then there's a place to like kind of stirrups outside of the box to put your feet and so it's set up to be just like that so you you can't see like what's going on and you're laying like encased inside of it
0: I'm thinking like it may have to I may have to if I can set something up like, utilizing the bed space and lots of, like, curtains and, like, Chinese walls, I feel like mm-hmm. I could I could rig something up. So I'm down to do it in the reverse way because sometimes someone will, like, answer mm-hmm. my ad and then they'll be like, what, you just want to get a blowjob? I'm like, I don't know. You pitch me your, your alternative. I'm trying to stay somewhat yeah. COVID responsible here. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not just trying to get blown because I'm selfish. Like, I <laughs> – I'm a very, <laughs> I'm a huge regular at ra- uh, Random Acts of Muff Dive. It's just, it's not that time.
1: Um, yeah, right.
0: But what I, have, what I have found interesting is like, there was a fan of the show who was able to utilize the glory hole so that I wouldn't know who she was. Um, Whoa. There is a woman who wanted like a human. Humili- have you
1: talked about it on the show? So like people kind of knew to look for it?
0: Um. No, no. It just so happened that like when she answered the ad, she was like, "I'm a fan of the show."
1: Wow, which that's of, cool. <laughs> which of course makes me go like,
0: "Oh, well, you're at the front of the list of one person." So yes, you. No,
1: um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But there's a, that element of like, oh, I could be walking anywhere in Queens, and it could be her. Um, and then yeah. there's one who wanted like some humiliation. Um, DS dynamic to it so like we her character is like she is a mouth she is like my mouth and that's just all she is utilized as and and so we have like that sort of a DS thing going on um, mm-hmm. and we've gotten creative like doing that like in a park and other places where we're maintaining that I do not know what she looks like um, and yeah, and then there was one that was real interesting there was a lesbian who hit me up and she says really I I've never had dick before and I really want to try sucking dick, but like I am not into men and I kind of want to be able to like, she was like, how much are you going to talk during this? (laughs) That was like the first question.
1: (laughs) She's like, because I don't want to hear it. Just like, be quiet and let me suck your dick. Just Yeah, yeah,
0: basically, like literally wanted to objectify me. She was like, I just need you to be a dick and I need you to not have to, like, I don't want to be reminded that this is attached to a man.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
0: so we did that. And then like, I've never heard someone spit cum louder (laughs) than a lesbian who has never touched a dick before. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that, really. That was really her first time.
0: It was, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> it was definitely her first time. Uh, it, some, <laughs> someone asked me like, "Was it good?" And I'm like, "That's not important. This was her first time sucking a dick. That we're not putting." St-
1: it, well, I mean, she she got you to the end, so it must not have been too bad. But you know, most
0: blowjobs. I feel like you know, even a bad blowjob, like you'll probably finish unless it's like painful that's all yeah. That's my experience unless I mentally snap out of it um I feel like even a bad yeah. blowjob is adequate um but yeah this yeah was
1: a... I don't know I've never had a blowjob, so I can't comment on that but <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like I thought it was really cool that she wanted to like utilize a glory hole to like test being with men without like the man part of it um, yeah
1: mm-hmm and I, I get and I, that yeah I
0: do think that by the end she confirmed that she's good uh, I don't think she's yeah. gonna do that yeah again.
1: <laughs> I said, well, you know, that's a safe way to explore that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's been like it's been a fun ride. Have you had to get sexually creative uh, during quarantine?
1: Oh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I have a partner that lives with me, so like that's all pretty much like similar. I think the things that have been harder for us is that we haven't been able to go like and play with other people or, like, go, go out and be, like, kind of exhibitionist or do any of that stuff that's, like, fun and exciting. So it's just been, like the two of us but um and (laughs) uh, (laughs) which I mean is good with my partner
0: (laughs) oh this situational monogamy (laughs) hasn't that been weird for everybody
1: (laughs) yeah I think it really has for all the people who are you know and so it was fine for a long time and then suddenly I think both of us are like itching a little bit like you know wouldn't it be nice to you know get out <laughs> feel somebody else's like sexual energy for a little bit um yeah so i don't know i think it's been like that part has been you know pretty normal i think that um you know in terms for me like for for work i feel like clients have been like different during quarantine in the sense that like you know obviously like no in-person stuff right now because i uh, can't um You know, PJ had chemo right before it started, so we've been, like, very careful about um, COVID. But, you know, in terms of, like, my phone sex clients or my, like, Skype clients and stuff, I think that a lot of people have either been, like, super, like, pent up and horny or they've been, like, um, depressed and, like, more lonely and just want to talk. I mean, it's been, like, kind of a different feeling I think and that's also changed like throughout quarantine um and throughout like people's experience of it so it's been kind of a weird time all around I think um yeah I don't know I have like a uh a new like sexting friend oh, <laughs> so tell. that's uh, I well, I don't know if I should say anything about this. Um. <laughs> is
0: this a is it? Can can you share like the origin of said sexting friend?
1: Uh, um, is this someone who
0: was a friend before and then became a no. sexting friend?
1: No, it's only been a sexting friend. I've never met this friend in real person, uh, in real life. Um, And, <laughs> met, and you know, it's funny because I think because I do this, like this, I guess, has been a little bit different. I think because I do so much of this as a job, like sexting seems like a job to me. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like super fun, except for some reason, maybe because I don't have any other like outlets like this person and I started talking on Tinder and we like totally hit it off. And then he became like a sexting friend to me and it's been very sexy. It's been very sexy. <laughs> now, now <laughs> Very when, fun. <laughs>
0: right. And I think a lot of people <laughs> have been picking up sexting partners or like virtual uh, sex friends, mm-hmm. you know, kind of anywhere around the country or whatnot. Uh, Cause they're not yeah. meeting up with people or they're, or they're, you know, sexting people who live in the other borough. Uh, do, do you two, is, yeah. this, is this person like somewhat local to you? Or is this
1: a Yeah, like like forty five minutes away or something, but I've never met him. Right. So never met... like in real life. So yeah, then, so what but... I'm
0: curious about is if the sex thing ever um is interwoven with like talks of potentially meet it up, or do y'all let it be exactly what it is?
1: No, I mean we have talked about that, but the thing is, you know, because both of us are married but also like in open relationships, I think we've both been like, listen, we can't do this right now because we have like a um uh not a duty, but like a responsibility to our partners and our kids and the people that we live in a house with and are like quarantined with to not do like dangerous, you know, mm-hmm. things or things that like um put anybody else like at risk of COVID or exposure or anything like that. So um we're both just kind of like, well, let's just like see how this goes. And maybe when we have the vaccine we could like meet somewhere halfway between where we live. (laughs) I don't know. There's no plan, really. Mm -hmm. It's just like, yeah, I think it's not out of the question um, to think about doing something like once we have vaccines. But right now, it's just kind of a text thing, a little text thing that kind of makes me a little bit uh, fluttery.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you've got it seems like you got a little bit of feels going
1: on. Yeah, well, not like, not like feels, feels, but yeah, yeah. But it's been fun. It's been fun to just, like, enter into something that's just kind of fun and cute, you know?
0: Yeah, and it also allows you kind of, like, prolong that, like, new energy that something can have. Um, Because, like, you still haven't yeah. had the meetup yet.
1: Right. Like, what if that's, you know, what if it's just flat and, like, no... uh Because I've had that before, like, in pr- past relationships where, like, mm. our past interactions or whatever where it's like could be super hot and heavy online and then you meet them and you're like, hmm, like there's no chemistry there, you know, and then it's kind of a bummer because your whole like sexting relationship is then over, (laughs) you know, because you've realized that you don't actually aren't really attracted to each other in real life. So I don't know. You're right. I think this has been kind of fun because you don't actually... No, it's like the not knowing that makes it kind of fun, you know.
0: Now, as someone who likes sex and does phone sex and, and cams and such for, for a living, you know, do, do you kind of hold your sexting partner, whether it's this this person or or others, do you kind of hold them to a higher standard to for you to be able to enjoy it?
1: Well, you know what? The thing that I thought was really interesting about it, because I haven't had like a sexting partner for a super long time. And I think it's because I was doing that for... A living you know and so i didn't it felt like work to me you know and except i wasn't getting paid so there was something that like annoyed me about it but i think because we are in this like odd space it suddenly like clicked in a way that it hasn't and i think that it feels very like it feels different to me because it feels much more um uh reciprocal maybe is a way to say it like there's a there's a asymmetry to like sex worker client relationships and there's Mm -hmm. supposed to be one you know like that's not a negative thing it's Mm -hmm. just that like you have a little bit different boundaries and you share maybe a little bit less about your personal life for safety reasons or just for like because it breaks up that sort of like client um, there's also like a prioritization
0: of someone's pleasure of like whose wants and needs
1: yeah, you know, and it's bit. like when when I'm working it's like much more of a service that I'm providing. So, what I'm thinking is like how what is it that they are looking for? What are they telling me and then maybe what are they not telling me that like I can just kind of pick up from like what they're what they're trying to get at and how could I best like meet that need? And this doesn't feel like that cuz I'm not going in into it thinking like what does he want? I need to figure out like how to give this to him in order to like make him a happy customer or have him coming back or all the things that are like wrapped up in business aren't like necessarily part of a, um, you know, a uh, relationship that's not a transactional relationship, I guess is yeah. what I could say, you know, and I feel like a little uncomfortable talking about this like this only because I don't want to suggest like in any way that like the relationships that sex workers have with their clients aren't real or that, like, we don't have, like, affection for them because... they're just different. They're not
0: romantic. They're
1: just different. They're different kinds of relationships. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and, and what can be so confusing, you know, to really anyone on whichever side of it you're on is that it is supposed to sometimes even mimic a romantic. It's supposed to feel or, like, allude to those feelings Mm -hmm. but not be those feelings, which of course, like, can get so many people into so many pickles uh as, as one
1: of yeah things. yeah and i mean that's when you know that you've done something well you know i was, was was recently like writing about this for a project a bigger project that i'm working on and one of the things that i was talking about is that how i've had clients who've said like in the middle of our like um interactions or whatever who've said you know told me that they loved me and like i knew that i was actually playing a part of like their late wife or, you know, like a really, um, you know, I was playing a part for them, you know, and it, I would know that like, um, you know, some people have bad boundaries, but for the most part, like those didn't feel like bad boundaries. It felt like I've done a good job in here because they've been allowed to express feelings that they like want to express. And those aren't about me those are about um them wanting to be able to relive something or be able to fantasize about something and like really get into the fantasy and really get into the experience but it's it's like you said it's like mimicking or it's like you're I'm in proxy. I'm, you know, playing a part of somebody else that's in their life, or they're not truly that loving you,
0: but they're like feeling like they love you. In in kind, yeah, like, and so long yeah. as they can keep that feeling like within the confines of a session or whatever, or, or within right, the re- actual yeah. reality, you know, what harm has that caused?
1: Right, that's what I think, and it's only when you start to get like confused about what the. What that means, I think it becomes a problem. But you're right. If it's to me, I know everybody's different about this stuff, and some people, some people who are sex workers, really don't like this. But for me, if I can usually feel out where they're coming from, and if it's like within the bounds of the session or of whatever it is that we're doing, that's fine. Because I think that people do come to sex workers in order to feel the things that they want to feel, in order to have the experiences that they want to have, and we're like here to give those to them so so yeah but all that to say that feels very different to me than you know that can also feel like beautiful and really great but it feels very different than building some sort of like relationship with somebody that's not about sex work that's just about like getting to know somebody and the kind of newness or the new relationship energy that you can get out of that
0: Yeah. And someone who like wants to please you and they want to get you Mm -hmm. off and, and they don't want to like please you and get you off because you're this like sex worker that they've put on this pedestal, but because it's a person they've actually connected with.
1: Right. And that's very different. And like, I don't, you know, I think that you're very right to like bring that up because often I'll say that like the hardest, the thing that I like the least is when like, Clients are like, I want to give you whatever you want. And I'm like, but that doesn't make any sense because, like, I'm not here. I got the money.
0: (laughs) I got what I wanted.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just tell me what you want and I'll just give it to you because, like, this isn't about, like, my desires. I didn't initiate this, like, you know, interaction. And so, um, yeah, but it is different because if you're, I don't know, um, in your own, like, personal life, you do want to, like – have somebody who's interested in giving you pleasure and being there for you and in whatever way that makes sense, given the, like, type of relationship it is.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you've got, like, a new partner who's making you glow <laughs> so much. You- <laughs>
1: yeah. Now I'm really embarrassed that I said anything about You're the first person that I've told this to. Aww, <laughs> I thank mean, you. well, like, P- PJ knows about it. You know, I- I'm not, like, hiding this. But I haven't had any reason to, like, tell this story up until this moment. So... <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. You're just like somebody. Can somebody have me on a podcast? I would love to gush about this. I would love to gush about this like I'm in high school again. Because
1: (laughs) exactly. But I'm just in my house and nobody ever comes here, so I don't have anything to. (laughs) Um, Can't really go on Twitter and talk about it. It's like not a great. You know, I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, Well, I hope. I hope. And how long has that been going on?
1: I don't even know. Maybe like a month or something. Okay. I don't know. I can't remember when it started. So.
0: And does the whole like situational monogamy kind of has that like, has that elicited any like odd or uh, unfamiliar feelings over the past you know whatever many months.
1: Um.
0: Like as part of you thought, like I could kind of do this.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was gonna say that, like, for the most part, I haven't thought it was too bad or, you know, I wasn't, like, itching to get out or to do anything, really. It's only been recently that, like, this thing started and PJ started flirting with somebody a little bit. And, and, you know, we started, like, fantasizing even, like, in, you know, in bed together, like, fantasizing, like, oh, wouldn't this be hot if, like, somebody was here doing X, Y, and Z? Because often, like, our dirty talk will include, like, a third person and, like, what they would do. And, um probably mostly for me because like I'm into that like I'm into the fantasy of like being like the center of this like adoration um so yeah I mean I think there's been a little bit of that but for the most part I don't find it too like difficult and probably that's because I also (laughs) like I'm really into my partner and he like does it for me and so um I kind of miss Women, though you yeah. know, I haven't been with a woman in like a year. Yeah, so <laughs> I hope I hope that for you, so.
0: uh, and I think much of uh, your followers <laughs> on the internet hope for that for you too. And yeah, I'm sure they also yeah. <laughs> hope that there's a camera around. And it's
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I know. Sometimes I look at like my sales on mini vids, or- and I'm like, oh. People like it, you know, when I play with my friends, I need to get back into that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, uh, so, and is it yeah. still like for like um, for PJ reasons, is it still like highly unsafe to even attempt some sort of a, a meeting up with a third?
1: Uh, No, I don't think so. Now it's much better. So he um, has had a couple of versions of like a couple of rounds of scans. So he had his big, big surgery in February. So he finished chemo in January, the very beginning of January. He had this huge surgery in February that was like way more intense than we expected. He was like um, he had all of his lymph nodes and his whole like abdominal cavity taken out so basically they have to open the whole center of your body and like find all of those lymph nodes and take them out so it's pretty like intense um and it took him like i want to say a couple of months to like really be like up and moving again and so that was all really rough but that was over by like april you know april may he was starting to feel better again and he hasn't totally regained like all of his energy and like he's frustrated because he's like a strong like a naturally kind of strong person and he's like i don't feel like i could do the things that i used to be able to do and i'm like you know you'll be able to get it back like chemo and a surgery like that will like just wipe you out so um so yeah but he's had a couple of scans since then and everything's been coming back all clear and he also has gotten blood work that said that his like immune system is back up so i think that um you know we're more concerned with like covid now then like for a long time he was really immunosuppressed oh well i, we mean, I like, meant i meant
0: like covid i meant like you know in regards yeah. to like you're not you you know he's immunocompromised like i didn't know if y'all were uh had to be extra yeah he was for a long time
1: Joe. yeah yeah we were and then now i think it's a little bit better because um he's not immunocompromised anymore his doctors have said to him because he had um He had chemo-induced lung damage, which is, like, pretty normal for the type of chemo that he was on. They um, harden up around your lungs. And so they said that that'll go away. It's, like, reversible, but it takes five years. And so around five years to um, undo that damage. And so what they've said to him is that he's not more likely. He's not immunocompromised anymore. He's not more likely to get COVID than the average person. But if he got it and he got it bad it would be hard for him so, because he already has like lung damage. Okay. So All right, yeah. So, so that's kind of where we are. So right. we're, we want, we want immunizations basically. Yeah. And then give us
0: some shots. Uh, so we can <laughs> fuck we'll our friends again. Be
1: back. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So like what sort of shifts did you find that like content wise or the types of topics you wanted to be covering? Like what was changing?
1: Well, I think that, you know, because our podcast is about like specifically about the industry. And so I think that, you know, we did Which industry is so... that,
0: Jesse? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the sex industry. Um so sex workers, porn performers. Um, so I think that the um for a lot of people, you know, we just we just put out today or last night, um, a a live panel that we did on self-care so there's been more emphasis i think on like um uh work-life balance because a lot of things that we were hearing over and over again from the people that we were interviewing for um the podcast is that when they're working at home and there isn't any other place to go that what a lot of like content creators um were facing was the fact that like they were just diving into like workaholism because there was nothing else to do so when you can't go out with your friends and when you can't go out to dinner and when you're just stuck in your house but when you um talk to your clients and do skype shows and do phone calls and create content all from your house it's just like there is no separation and so a lot of a lot of performers were dealing with a lot of burnout and which was already an issue
0: before, right? Like that was already something to be concerned about.
1: Right. But then like to um to just not have any way to like get out of that headspace, I think, has been hard. A lot of people have been dealing with isolation because there's um, you know, there's just not any way to get like outside of the work that you're doing. Um and I think that um for a lot of people too their clients were often, like, dumping more um, intense, like, emotional stuff on them because a lot of people are, you know, getting laid off from their jobs or have had sick family members or have, you know, had people who've passed away because of COVID. And so I think that, like, the, you know, it was interesting in a show we just did, we just had jet-setting Jasmine on, and she was talking about the fact that, like, sex workers are often, like, First responders for mental health issues, and I think that that is like really true. That you know, s- sex workers are always like you can always find a cam girl or a phone sex operator or like yeah, we'll talk to you
0: for five dollars con- a minute, who- and you have a you have a, a <laughs> someone will listen.
1: Yeah, and you can't find <laughs> With like their top a, a therapist. Yeah. Well, you know, you can. Yeah. There's no uh, shortage of like sex workers who or you could go on cam and you can talk to somebody. And so I think that like trying to figure out like how to serve the needs too of like our own population and not just our clients in order to not like burn out. That's been a topic that's been like coming up over and over again. I think that um So I think there's been that. I think there's like at the beginning, and this is kind of changing now, I think there was a ton of people who were doing more in-person services that were moving into the online space. And so trying to figure out like how to... uh, A lot of people, and we talked to several people for our show and for some of the writing that I did, um, were dealing with, like, that transition and how to make that transition. And at the same time, like, culturally, OnlyFans was blowing up. And so for me personally, like, I did so many press interviews because suddenly there was so much spotlight on, like, sex workers and what sex workers were doing and what sex workers were doing with the pandemic and how we were all surviving. And so I think that... um, a lot of the conversation moved from just like how are we doing our jobs and what's the best way to do that um or what's the best way to market or what do we like about our jobs to like now sex workers are facing like a whole nother set of a whole new set of like crises and how are we all like gonna try to help each other get through that I think is, Um, And it was really different for very different people. And I think that was really interesting, too. And not surprising that, um, you know, more marginalized people were hit harder, more marginalized sex workers were hit harder by the pandemic than um, other ones. So, so yeah, I mean, I think it's changed a lot of things.
0: And have you been, uh, have you, did you experience some burnout? Uh, A little little too much sex work for you at at any Uh, given time?
1: You know, I think that I'm really uh, lucky because I've set up this kind of, like, diversified career. So, I mean, I think I'm a bit of a workaholic anyway, so that's always the case. But I think I'm kind of lucky because when I burn out of, like, client interactions, then I'll make some content. And when I burn out of that and don't have any ideas, then I'll write an article. And when I burn out of writing, then I'll edit my podcast, you know. Mm -hmm. So I have everything is like coherent and it's all like together under one brand. But I think that they're very different sorts of things. So podcast editing and interviewing is different than writing is different than like content creation is different than like one-on-one client interaction. You can jump around
0: to a lot of things and all those things do happen to make you money, but you don't have to, you know, focus on any one for too long if you don't want to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I've often thought, you know, I've often thought, you know, if I just gave up the podcast and gave up writing, I'd make more money because those make less money than like sex work, you know? So mm-hmm. I should just do like straight sex work and then I'll be like in a better financial position. And that's true, except that like, I can't really do that as the person that I am. <laughs> I like doing all of the, th- the other things and it makes it more interesting to me and it keeps me like engaged. So my, um, I think my sex work, output, or I don't know how you want to say this, like, I don't really like to put this in terms like that, but is lower than a lot of, than it would be, but I get to do a lot of, like, varied things. And PJ's like, you know, you could just, like, chill. You don't have to, like, take a break from work with other work. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know.
0: (laughs) But do do you chill? Like, do you have, do you need to get, like, a non-work break time? Does PJ really have to kind of put the foot down and be like, you need to go have a bath? You know, or, 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 get, or yeah, does, it really, does he, it really calm you?
1: He's like, um, I think I have a, uh, wow, I'm all kinds of confessionals today. I think I have a work um, problem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I think that I, I think I work too much. And uh, you I You did think just that say that
0: you take a break from work by doing other work. Uh, so. I know. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like it.
1: <laughs> Yeah. And he'll, like, point out to me that I just, like, if I have any free time, I'll just, like, pile it up with more stuff that I need to do. And so it's hard for me. I think that I could use, like, a hobby. Like, I should probably get a hobby. And then it would be something that I would do that's not, like, framed under work. But, like, I don't think I really know how to do that. You know, I started having kids when I was really young and I... This is like how I tell myself the story. I started having kids when I was really young. And so, as such, like I didn't have that much time to work. I was like, okay, I got to like get my work in while the kids are sleeping or while they're doing this. And then, um, then the other part of the time I was like parenting or taking care of my like responsibilities at home. And so, it just meant that like I didn't develop a lot. I, I like, Was concerned about making sure that I kept a career running. So I was always like, do work when you can, do work when you can, do work when you can. And then, you know, you do that for like 18 years and then suddenly you're like, wait, but. Now I know how to work and be a mom, and that's, like, what I do. <laughs> I
0: mean, if you, so. if you want a tip, uh, I already knit, but I've discovered there is a form of knitting where you, they, it's really, <laughs> really, really thick yarn. And you, like, make, like, a blanket to have those huge holes in them because you knit using your forearms as the needles. And I really oh, want to try that. Oh, that's interesting. I really want to try that.
1: Yeah. That's I, interesting. I would recommend that.
0: It looks fun. <laughs> it, look, it looks consuming and i was like that yeah there's uh that that would be peaceful
1: <laughs> i mean i'm also lucky because what i do for work is like really engaging and interesting to me and so it's what i like to do you know and so and i'm also a writer and i like to write and it's how i like process my own thoughts and feelings and i think that um I think that the things that a lot of people feel like are hobbies, like I turn into jobs, like sex, you know, yeah. like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is there is there a tip that you were giving, um, or in the I forgot if you say it was a panel if it was an article about burnout uh, during COVID uh-huh. and doing online sex work? Is there a tip that you've been giving out that you probably should be taking more on yourself?
1: Um. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that I should really do um, that was brought up is that we shouldn't, like, think of taking care of ourselves as, um, as a reward for doing work. Like, we shouldn't be like, oh, well, if I can get all my stuff done, then I'll, like, take a shower and put on my makeup or then I'll work out or then I'll, like, go and do the things that will, like, make me feel together is, like, we should actually... Take care of ourselves and then like we'll have like the space and the energy to be able to do what we want to do and I think that I need to be better about like um doing that I yeah. think you know be like not just I have especially in quarantine especially since I don't go anywhere I think that I'll wake up and I'll just be like, okay, I'm going to make some coffee and then I'm just going to start some stuff. And then I'll do that. I'll either be like editing a podcast or working on an article or interviewing people or doing whatever, and then do that until I just am done for the day and I'm really tired. And then maybe I'll watch an episode of TV with PJ and then I'll be asleep, you know, and then I'll get up the next day and do the same thing. And if I could instead wake up and like have a plan and think like, okay, I'm going to do these things First and then I'll get to what I need to be doing. You know, maybe I'd have more balance.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, I don't doing know. The... What
1: about you? Do you have like a routine?
0: I don't, I don't have a routine, but I just try to, I'm, I'm trying to uh, quarantine has been making it harder and weirder. Uh, but yeah. I just try to find the like pockets of joy um, even mm-hmm. if it's something as dumb as like I could drive my car to Staples to print out the Patreon thank you letters, but it will be more fun if I rent the Revel scooter and I scoot, scoot the Staples to print it, <laughs> right? Like that That yeah. to me, I mean, until it got really cold out, that to me was like my low brief mental health time was like oh i want to go to chipotle and i'm gonna scoot scoot there instead of drive or order on uber (laughs) eats um yeah i I like the scoot scoot and then that's like a 15 minute uh scoot each way and now i've got like Mm -hmm. a half hour being outside on a vespa in italy and eating uh, you know it's fun things like that (laughs) i I started doing yoga during quarantine um and that's been nice um or like taking on side baby projects. Like my girlfriend wanted a bralette for Christmas. She found a pattern and, and I knit and she knows that. So she, so I made that for her. And like that was something oh, I could that's just cool. do. Uh, so so yeah. I, just, I don't have like a routine of like my self-care, but I try to just make sure I'm doing something in a day that's not weed, yeah. that is self-care. Um, and I would say that <laughs> that, that's a little, that was a little too much self-care. Um, I think the yeah. one one I do love doing is a uh, bath with a book. That's why I've gone through so many books is like a half hour to an hour at a time. I'm in a tub and I'm reading something that engages me. Um, Do you
1: put your phone like down? Because I think that's part of my problem, too, is I'm like too engaged on Twitter and I don't need to know everything that's going on on Twitter. I just don't. I mean, I do know everything that's going on, but I don't need that in my life.
0: (laughs) If if I'm in the tub, I got to keep it. Out of arm's reach, but so I can see yeah. the screen, so that way, like I can see a screen. I'm like, if it's a green, I probably should check it, but really, there's no other color notification that I have to check right then and there that I have to get out of the yeah. tub to go do. And uh, and it's been yeah. letting me tap in the books more and also have that. You know, that's solo time. And that's all been helpful. It's when you were describing doing the human stuff not as a reward to yourself, right? It was like, you have to, it's not that, oh, I'll reward myself by doing X and Y and Z after I do the work. It's like, no, you have to do it. So you can do the work. It reminded me of when, you know, when I read stuff about like disordered eating, they'll go like, no, 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 you have to eat the food because food is fuel for your body to do things. So you can't do things if you don't eat. Therefore, Billy, eat shit and don't feel guilty about it. And like,
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it felt right, like a similar,
0: yeah. um, a similar vibe uh, uh, to that. Like, yeah, we, we have, yeah. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, you should do some self-care. It's like, you have to do it. Otherwise, like, right. you'll, go, mm-hmm. you'll, go, you'll, go, you'll go mad. Especially if you're locked in a fucking house all day.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think those are things that have been like hard. But in terms of so it's a lot of psychological stuff because Mm. in terms of like my job, like I used to work at home and now I work at home. You know, like there's so many things that are the same, but it also feels different to like not be able to go have dinner with PJ and have a conversation outside of our house and, like, the little breaks that, like, break up your day. And, you know, to not be able to have that, you have to kind of be more intentional about what you're doing, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. And how, how have you been, uh, as, a, as a very uh, loud, powerful member of the, of the sex worker community, how have you been seeing that community handle quarantine?
1: um because it's you been know, a time think, for
0: so many reasons
1: <laughs> yeah it has been a time for so many reasons it's been really hard i mean and it didn't get any better when visa mastercard pulled out of Pornhub. that was a huge blow to the mm-hmm. community and you know dealing with uh you know issue after issue of like how we're going to continue to like sustain ourselves in this industry while, um, there's so many, um, things working against us. I think that that's been hard. There's always been, um, you know, there's always been a lot of fragmentation within the sex work community. And I feel like there's, um, I always want there to be like and this, I think, is something that I really strive for at Peep Show and that PJ and I have been pretty intentional about trying to create is like to to move beyond like those sort of like artificial boundaries between um, these type of sex workers and these type of sex workers and these type of sex workers, because I think those are artificial boundaries. I think that they're very fluid and porous and people move in and out of different types of work, regardless of what they're like advertising as what you know, as mm-hmm. their um brand or their persona. And I think that um you know, and and I think that um we we all need each other. I mean, there's uh sex workers need to stand up for other sex workers and for each other. And one of the things that I have seen has been like a lot of support for people who've been who are struggling in different ways. I mean, there's kind of a joke that like the same twenty dollars keeps getting like cash apped <laughs> around in circles, you know. But I I think it it has, you know, and there's been I've seen that. Um the
0: mutual aid and, stuff like really seems to have risen And been, like, super shared Mm -hmm. during this time more than I'm used to seeing. It used to be a a, a GoFundMe every once in a while. But now it's, like, regularly and in good ways. Just, like, either here's a really specific person who's, you know, was an in-person who was, like, an escort and is really struggling. Or, you know, here's a mutual aid fund for, like, all the sex workers in Detroit or, you know, wherever.
1: Right. That's Mm -hmm. that's
0: been pretty cool to see.
1: I think that's been cool, too. And I think that there has been efforts to kind of reach across the divides and try to, um, you know, hold up the people in our community. And so I think that that's been that's been good. And I've also seen, though, that people are like really struggling and a lot of I think a lot of people come into sex work because they have um, because conventional employment is like uh, not accessible to them for whatever reason, you know, and Mm. a lot of those have to do with like disabilities or mental health issues or caretaking responsibilities. You know, the flexibility of sex work opens up space for a lot of people and who are marginalized in other ways. And I think that the pandemic like um, is disproportionately impacting people who are more marginalized. So I think that for a, and a lot of sex workers are falling into those like categories. So I think um, a lot of people are struggling, but I feel like uh, there is an effort uh, kind of across the board to try to like keep everyone um, going as much as they can, you know? And I feel like we've gotten a lot of support for our, for our, our peep show um efforts and projects um from other people within the community like all of our advertisers for example are like people who are working in like porn or other parts of the sex work industry and i think that um and you know they're advertising with us because they want to see sex worker stories coming out of like from sex workers themselves and so i don't know i think that there's um, there's been a lot of creativity I've seen a lot of people try to figure out like how to make things work for themselves like online I've seen a lot of people try to reconceptualize how they're going to shoot content for example or reconceptualize like how they're going to interact with their clients if they don't want to do in-person services or um how they're going to um, collaborate with other people so like I did um I did I've done a couple of Um, shoots with other models that were like Zoom shoots, you know, where we like did things together, like mutual masturbation stuff or JOIs or things like that. And so I think that um, that's been fun to see like people kind of stepping out of their like regular routines and trying to figure out both how to collaborate with other people and how to show other sex workers support and then also how to keep their businesses running at a time when everything is upside down.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of like they're trying to figure out uh, how to adjust to the internet the same way a lot of stand-ups are trying to figure out how to do a TikTok now. Cuz they're just yeah, like, apparently mm-hmm. that's where that's where you have to do stand-up is if you're not on a Zoom show, you post your just yourself doing a stand-up joke on TikTok. Um
1: yeah, right. It, yeah,
0: uh have you seen any particular like creativity with the with the internet and and creating adult content that's stood out to you? Anything where you were like, um, "Oh, that's a really fun idea."
1: Well, um Small Hands and Joanna Angel did this like cool spooky uh, thing that they did in their house for a whole movie. Um, actually, I think it was a series um, where they created in their house like a whole spooky scene and created like this whole movie, just the two of them in their house. And so that was kind of cool. I mean, one of our our porn reviewer on Peep Show reviewed that. So I think that was neat.
0: Um, Jesse, before I get to plugs, let me ask, do you have like an extra 10, 15 minutes to do a little like bonus episode? Um, sure. Um, well, well, Jesse, uh, thank you so much for making some time to chat with us. Uh, where can people find you and all the work that you're doing despite us trying to tell you to take a bath? Um, and just like take some time <laughs> uh- for yourself. Light a candle.
1: <laughs> Let's see. I am at, on Twitter at Sapio Textual. I am on OnlyFans at Sapio Textual. I am on instagram is curvaceous underscore sage i have a mini vids and a night flirt and a sex panther and a verified call and all (laughs) sorts of (laughs) things and i'm pretty easy to find uh you can actually find all my links on my twitter that's probably the easiest place and um our website is peepshowmedia.com and that's where you can find our podcast and also our porn reviews (coughs) and our news and stories
0: Fantastic, fantastic. Well, Jesse, yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks again, and why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody?
1: All right, bye.
0: Jesse is just oh so fun. I remember when we record that segment last year when I was on my road trip. I mean, we still stayed up for another hour or two drinking whiskey and just gabbing. Uh, she is. So fantastic. Definitely check out her podcast and all, uh, all that they're offering over at Peep Show Media. And if you want some more with me and Jesse Sage, we discussed a bit more on the uh, the OnlyFans Gold Rush that's been going on during the core. and you can gain access to that bonus episode as well as over 200 other bonus episodes when you go to patreon.com slash Podcast. That's com slash Podcast. Now, did something, like, stand out to you? Like, did you just, like, connect with something super hard while listening to this show? Then go connect with other listeners in our Discord server, The Champagne Room. There will be an entire channel dedicated to episode 366 over there. We can share all your your comments, your questions, your queries, your reactions, your criticisms. And, of course, if you want to send it to me a little bit more directly, you can always email me. Uh, all things at manhorpod at gmail.com. And if you want to, you know, uh I don't want to say support me. Let's just say if you want to get to know me on more of a hoish level, go follow my free OnlyFans. It's free. What are you doing? Just want to go see some thirst traps, you want to see me be cute, want to see me uh post some some outlandish things I I couldn't even post on Twitter. OnlyFans is the place to go. And you can do that at onlyfans.com/ call me billy I do think it was very interesting uh, this morning on Fox News. I saw a guy saying something along the lines of, uh, uh, you know, it's just never good to censor people. We shouldn't censor these right-wing uh, terrorists because then it just forces them to go underground where they can foment and real darkness and seediness can happen. So we shouldn't ban them from social media platforms. And I thought to myself, oh, wow, that just, that's, that's very poignant. That's a really interesting thought. It just sounds so familiar. It's almost as if, It's what I kept hearing sex workers say after SESTA-FOSTA about how it doesn't help sex trafficking victims. It only pushes the illegal sex trade underground, so we shouldn't ban consensual sex workers from social media platforms. Um, No, that could never work. (laughs) Keep your eyes open for the bullshit, everybody, and stay slutty. (laughs)